0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, friends. Uh, this is Cal Ross and uh, welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends show and thank you for tuning in. This talk show is a social experiment which relies on the feedback and support of our listeners like you. Each of these interviews, they're typically friendly conversations, consists of me trying to interview fascinating, inspiring, and eclectic people in our community who are living extraordinary lives. And I capture and share their wisdom and celebrate their life. We dig deeper into their life's journey, their goals, their struggles, and their aspirations. We discover how they came to identify their purpose in life, their values, and the philosophy on success and contribution. As the Zen practitioners would say, having a beginner's mind helps us see possibilities And my goal with these interviews is to extract that wisdom from these conversations and share it with you so that you can apply it to your own life. Hello, folks. Uh, Welcome to uh, Season 2 of uh, Wisdom of Friends. I'm really excited and delighted to be introducing you to a very dear friend of mine. His name is Jack von Eberstein. And Jack and I, we did a leadership workshop almost three years ago in Seattle, and that's how we met. And in this episode, we talk about uh, growing up in the Woodstock generation, his uh, influences that he had, the lessons that he learned uh, from life uh, through his travels and losing a multimillion dollar business, going through a divorce, and the kind of lessons and wisdom that he was able to extract out of life and how he has applied it to what he does today, which is being Google's number one photographer in the state of Washington and Seattle. And he has a fascinating background. And just to give you a little uh, summary of his background, he uh, grew up in Michigan. He started shooting photography professionally at the age of 16. And uh, he's uh, lived on a commune in New Mexico. He lived as a ski bomb in Colorado. He's hitchhiked through Europe, worked on several private yachts on the East Coast. He's uh, skied in Argentina, fly fishing in Alaska, uh, Kiribati, Russia, Montana. And he's uh, three grown up boys. He's uh, heavily into photography since age 10, as I said earlier. And he's also studied at Fine Arts School of Art and Design in Alberta, Canada, and the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design. He's, uh, as far as his businesses are concerned, he's had an ice cream parlor in, uh, Maine at the age of 23. He also had businesses with, uh, in the field of semi-precious gems and antique Chinese jade and jewelry. He's been a publisher And currently loves his profession of being a photographer. So this is a fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoy it. So pull up a chair and listen in. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Jack Warren Everstein. So good morning, uh, Jack. Uh, Welcome to the Wisdom of Friends show, season two. And uh, let me start off by saying my first impressions of you. It was uh, almost three years ago when we did a leadership uh, workshop back in Seattle. And uh, you know we each had to work on a project that was not about us, but about the community. And when I heard about the project that you were working on, about your education and uh, for the greater good of society and the competitiveness with which technology is changing, and also your views on leadership and transformation. I knew you're a fascinating individual, and uh, when I was looking to invite guests for season two of this show, I thought of you, and I appreciate that you took some time to be on the show. So welcome to the Wisdom of Friends show, Jack.
1: Oh, thanks, Cal. I'm pleased to be here.
0: Great. Uh, so one of the ways uh, we start off our interview is by asking our guest The first question as in, what's your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by and how have you applied it to your life?
1: (laughs) Uh, That's really easy for me. Uh, John Lennon was one of my heroes, I guess. And he said, this is a very famous quote, but life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. And I think that's so true. You know, we're so often we're um, trying to say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, but we never really get out of the starting gate. And it's just a matter of starting. I, I had an ice cream parlor when I was 23 years old and it, I, I, put it together in, in like two weeks and I started out with a completely different idea, but I realized in that, that, you know, all you have to do is start don't sit around and procrastinate with your ideas. Just just start somewhere and it'll organically take shape. Um, so I've, I've found that I've lived by that uh, most of my life, really.
0: And that is so great. I mean, uh, that's one of the things that uh, I also strongly believe in is that, you know, trying to be uh, perfect is really a high ideal to have, but in reality, you know, perfection is kind of an insecurity in a way too, <laughs> and and it's good to use the Pareto's principle, that eighty twenty rule, if you will, that when you see that it's 80%, you're ready to go, just uh, start the project and you can make the course correction as you go along and as you get new data. So no, that's really great. So what I'm curious about, and I was uh, reading through your bio, I know that uh, you are, uh, Google's one of the top photographers here in uh, Seattle and... The state of Washington, and uh, and I want to talk to you about that in a little bit here. But uh, what I'm curious about is your journey up until now, because you've had an amazing uh, adventurous journey all the way uh, from being born in Michigan and over into Canada and and Argentina and uh, Europe and hitchhiking through Europe, and it's such a fascinating. So why don't you give uh, give us a overview of uh, how did that journey began for you and uh, did you always know that you were going to be a professional photographer
1: well I started <laughs> I started doing photography when I was about 10 my dad gave me a camera that he picked up in the war and and I started shooting I just fell in love with it and I, I shot photographs of everything and then I started shooting professionally when I was um, 16 actually and I don't know. I I'm a, I'm a product of the 60s. I'm I'm sort of of the Woodstock generation. And I read a book that was real that had a huge impact on me in the 60s and that was Jack Kerouac's On the Road. Um I you know, growing up in Michigan, you you know a very limited landscape. You know the environment that you're in right there and it was very comfortable and all this kind of thing. But I was really restless and I just thought you know what, I want to know different people. I want to know different people of, of different cultures and different races and religious and just different thoughts. And I want to go out and I'm not going to you know, hold back. I want to go out and I want to experience life. And so that's what I started to do. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of really, really interesting things. Um, and, in my, and in my view, it's all about the journey. The whole the whole the the bottom line is it's it's all about the journey and it's a life well lived and rich experiences in your life. So that's that's kind of what I continue to do. But I've never really settled for a desk job or anything like that. It's like, well, let's see what happens. Let's just follow our heart and, you know, (laughs) see what happens next kind of thing.
0: No, that's uh, that's the way of the artist, and I can see uh, you know your fascination for adventure and travel and fly fishing and uh, skiing in Argentina and Alaska, and that just it just is amazing. So, what I'm curious about, Jack, is uh, what did your parents do, and how did that shape your life?
1: Well, both my gosh, my entire family actually. My my grandfather owned a car company. Uh, my dad started uh, he was a founder of a company. My uncle owned a, you know they were all entrepreneurs basically, and what I saw in that was freedom freedom to do your own thing, follow your own thing not and and i and, you know i 've obviously worked for other people, but the problem that I had was i didn 't respect any of them, and maybe it was because I was full of myself at a young age and all this sort of thing but I ultimately found that i didn 't respect the people that I was working with, and i i just didn 't it, it was their dream that I was helping them fulfill and, and that just didn 't it just never sat right with me so i I guess that the entrepreneurial mindset ingrained itself in me gosh at a really young age, and I continued to pursue that
0: I see so you bought your uh Parents and your grandparents uh, definitely uh, had the business mindset, so that had a a tremendous influence on you, uh, seems like, and uh, you also ended up uh, going on that entrepreneur journey, if you will. So when you look back at your life, uh, Jack, uh, up until now, what would you say were some of the turning points that made those strategic inflection points, if you will, that you know, we have those moments in our life that alters the course of our destiny, uh, so to speak. So what would you say were a couple of those for you in your life?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I suppose the first, as I mentioned, is, you know, is the book that I read that, you know, Jack Kerouac's On the Road. That was that was huge for me. And then, you know, getting out into life itself. um, you know, I, like anybody else, you, you have a series of, of of missteps or opportunities or whatever. You know, perhaps it's heartbreak. Uh, for me, one of them, you know, divorce was was huge for me. Uh, my family means a lot to me. Um, in my my first marriage, um, I lost all of my material wealth at one point. I mean, that was several million dollars, um, and I simply lost it all. And that that was really a Kind of a, uh, it was very insightful for me because I ultimately real. I mean i I was set. I had a a beautiful home, and I had you know I had everything, and uh, I was living off my dividends and all this. I ultimately became very bored in that, and and I and I made a, a series of just really bad choices that kind of led me down the path that I ultimately went to, and ended up living in a yurt but um and, and that was totally cool also I mean, I really enjoyed that but but i I guess I finally realized in that that the that the worldly possessions are in it, in themselves a trap, that all of a sudden you're a, we're a steward of those things, and it's really ultimately just stuff it's not anything that we 're going to take with us and so while it was a, it was a really hard transformation for me initially i I got to the point where I just started letting go of stuff. You know a uh, kind of a lifetime of of accumulating all this really very cool stuff that I enjoyed, but it but it's it's ultimately an anchor, and i you know I met Teresa, who you know, and she's the love of my life and um I thought this is just so much more to me, this is more meaningful than any of this stuff could ever be, and it was very liberating to simply let go and clean house. Uh, there's a there's a flexibility in that that is just wonderful. You know, you just feel very unencumbered, and you can get up and and just go. And I like that a lot.
0: No, that's so great that you share that. And uh, so what I'm hearing you say is that there was a point in your time where things were really, uh, you know, what a, what a man would uh, dream of, like having the material wealth and uh, you know you know having a successful marriage, and then at some point. Uh, you lost uh, or if you had, you had a setback where you lost a wealth and you went through a divorce and that must have been really hard. Now, my question to you is, and of course, uh, you know, you took, took away some lessons from it, that materialistic wealth is indeed a trap, uh, as we know. Uh But for the benefit of the audience, Jack, here that, you know, s- someone in our audience could be going through something similar in their lives. They could be at a point where, you know, they had a successful business or they had a successful marriage, if you will, and they uh, probably, uh, are, you know, have lost it. So how did you deal with that, at those events when that happened? Did you seek out any mentors did you seek out books so where did you find your refuge if you will and how did you like really come to terms with it what was that process like for you
1: well i uh i had a dream and before i tell you about the dream i'll I'll tell you about when i was going through my divorce i was just full of self-pity you know and and I crawled into a bottle, actually, for the better part of a month, and and I was, you know, sitting in the corner crying, and I just felt terrible because it was my son, uh, and my and my wife, but my it, it just meant so much to me, and I I was really despondent, and I and after doing that for a while, um, I had a dream one night, and basically in the dream I was floating down a river and it happened to be the niagara river at niagara falls and i was like dorothy or dorothy um alice in wonderland alice in the pool of tears where she's kind of drowning and she's going down and she's going help 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 you know and she's just she's essentially freaking out but i realized wait a second i can float if i just chill out if i just relax here i'll be okay and so i spread out my arms and it was like a cross and I was going down the river as a cross. So the, the the bigger part of the cross is facing down the river. And I immediately went over the biggest waterfall that you could ever imagine in your life. And I'm just going down, 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 down and down through the mist. And I thought, oh, my God, I know that at the bottom of this, there's going to be a whirlpool because there is at a in a, you know, in a waterfall. And I get... And I went down into the water. I held my breath. I, I went down into the water, and I started going around in this spinning cycle of the whirlpool. And I'm running out of breath. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I I need to get out of here. And so I just kind of gently moved myself to the outside of the current. I'm running out of breath. And I thought, I've got to get out. I've got to get out. And I finally popped up, and I start floating down this river. And at first it's serene, but ultimately it becomes this rapid and I'm bouncing off rocks and I've got trees pulling out and snagging me and turning me around and I'm like a pinball and I ultimately came out into this very quiet pool with a beautiful mature small oak tree on the island and I washed up to it feet first and I woke up and I thought oh my god that's it life happens it it happens. You know, it's it's the Buddhist, you know, in the flow idea. And I thought that is so prophetic to me. Life happens and you you go through some gnarly stuff, but ultimately you're going to be okay. Don't get hung up in the branches. Don't get hung up in the rocks and just go with that flow of life and you're going to be okay. And so in... <laughs> immediately after that, I went through a divorce. My father was hospitalized. I lost a business. All these things happened, and I was very, very upbeat. And people would say to me, what? How How in the world can you do that? How can you be like that? And I said, what is my option? Hmm. I said, life, life happens. And sometimes it happens in spades, and sometimes it's not comfortable. But you know what? It's about the journey, and it's about how we... Maneuver that journey and let it flow and not get caught up because these lessons, these experiences happen to us for a reason. And it's something that we need to learn. And if we can be strong enough and brave enough and open enough to look at them and receive that lesson and get away from our pride and our ego for a minute, we're going to evolve and learn and be much more empowered as a result of that.
0: That is uh, beautifully shared. And I, you know, what I'm gathering from this uh, uh, sharing is that the dream was indeed a metaphor for life, for you, that uh, life happens and there are obstacles and they're going to be uh, things that will show up. Uh, but, you know, going with the flow is where the secret lies. And uh, so that's such a beautifully uh, stated. And I think uh, our audiences uh, can draw some lessons out of it that life is not always going to be sunshine and rainbows and uh, there will be ups and downs and the ebb of flow ebb and flow as we call it and uh, the, the key is to uh, being uh, you know as the buddhists say it's like having that state of mind where you know you, you have an even state of mind if you will and uh, uh, that's that's so great so i'm I'm gonna take a walk down the memory lane here, uh, Jack. Uh, I know you mentioned about uh, the Woodstock generation and uh, John Lennon, and so tell us about that. Uh, those times, what was it like growing up? Did you have any uh, mentors? Did you have any role models during your uh, growing up years that you idolized, or who fascinated you?
1: Oh gosh, it was just such a wonderful time to be to really kind of come of age, and you know we were all so idealistic and uh it was it was all and it still remains i mean you you, (laughs) you'll never get away from it love is the bottom line love is the bottom line to everything and i don't mean that in a physical sense i mean just love for what for mankind you know the buddhists call it loving kindness and that is a principle that i continue to try and live with but it was very it was very Everybody was love. everybody was traveling the world. We all got along. There was nothing scary going on. Um, you know it was this It was this huge generational this huge bubble coming through the population that uh, we were also glad to be a, a part of that experiment uh, the music it was reflected in the music and festivals and art and and so much that went on so um, you know, without really going deeply into it, I, I don't really know what else I can say other than the fact that I, I'm really glad to have been a part of that. And so now I, you know, I, I watch my, <laughs> my youngest son is 18 and he's just on his way off to college. Um, and he and his friends and, and we get along really well. And, and they all say, "Gosh, you know, you lived through such a fascinating time. I, I wish you were there." And I said, "Yeah, there's no question about it. It was a very fascinating time." And but what I've what I've found also is that they've got so much to contribute that um, if if I'm really open and listen to what they're doing right now, it's a real. It continues to be an exciting time, and it's sort of what they make of it if they're really open to. To see that opportunity.
0: Yes, uh, I I totally agree with you because there's always an opportunity, and you just got to look for it. So uh, now, uh, a little curious about uh, the Woodstock uh, times and the generation. Did you have an opportunity to see any of your favorite bands? Were you uh, part of them? Oh, yeah. Did you go to the Beatles concert at all? Or
1: I, I never I never saw the Beatles, but I mean, I saw Cream, I saw Eric Clapton, and I, and I didn't see Hendrix. Uh, but I've seen everybody,
0: yeah. I mean, all of that. That's so great. Uh, the other question I have for you is, uh, I know that looking at your bio, you've traveled to uh, British Columbia, uh, Argentina, Alaska, uh, uh, Russia. K- Russia, Montana. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so great. And so you're well-traveled. Uh, you're globally, uh, you really... Uh, you know been exposed to different uh, cultures and uh, uh, different styles of living if you will and uh, so what uh, what's your favorite place to travel and from your travels what have you learned and uh, what particularly did from your travels did you value so much
1: well i mean it's again it's all about the experience it's all about something new i don't really want to do something twice you know my wife is spanish right so we go to we go to spain uh, or we try to go to Spain at least once a year. And last year we were in Italy. Um, it's, you know, the, the world is such a rich experience and I want to, and I want to really see as much of it as I can safely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I, I loved Russia. I was up in the Arctic circle, rushing, uh, flying, uh, excuse me, fishing for, um, Atlantic salmon. And I've been down to Kiribati, which is in the Central Pacific, several times for bonefish. And I, I try, I try and combine it with an adventure. I don't want to go and just be a traveler. I, to me, that's kind of boring. I I want to have some something, whether it's it's photographic, you know, seriously being photographic with it, or skiing, or fishing, which are my passions. Something to engage me. I don't want to just go and be a casual observer.
0: Hmm. And uh, so having lived through this ebb and flow of life uh, the next question for you Jack is what is your definition of success now and how would you define greatness
1: Oh boy um you're going to edit this so you just give me a second <laughs> <laughs> cuz I I wrote something down that I thought oh that was I mean that was a really good question I think uh, you know a, a great person is somebody that's um they're they're magnanimous. They're not full of themselves, and they want it. They really want to help others, and they can be humble about who they are. You know, their pride. Their pride and their ego really doesn't get in the way. They can admit their mistakes. They can admit when they're wrong. They can learn from others. They can be, they can take the bigger road, you know, the higher road, and that get hung up in the small little, the minutiae that so many people get trapped in. Um, they are nurturing, you know, they're nurturing for the people around them. They're inclusive. Um, they want to see the better good. You know, it's not necessarily about them um and success is to me it's it's not it's absolutely not monetary it's about a life well lived it's like you know you get to the end of the road and uh have you you know i don't i don't don't personally want to have any regrets in my life i watched my father and he suddenly didn't know what to do with his life. And he had all these regrets, all these things that he wished that he had done. Well, I never want to get to that point because it's, it's sort of like <laughs> an analogy that I would use. is It's like a girl. You know, When we're younger, we, we see a, a, a beautiful girl or somebody that really fascinates us. And we, all of a sudden, we get really nervous about just walking up to her and saying, hey, how are you doing, you know, introducing ourselves. And all of a sudden, the opportunity is gone. You know, we never see her again. And we think, why was I such an idiot? Why, why didn't I just walk up and say hi? Um, and, so, and so I kind of want to treat my life that way also. I want to go out and it's like I walk up to people all the time and I, you know, I introduce myself or I compliment them or I engage them in a conversation because ultimately to me, our teachers are all around us. And nobody should be dismissed because we all have value. We all have something to contribute. And by by observing and asking questions, we open up the world around us. And some of the some of the most fascinating teachers that we have are some of the most humble people that that you would ever meet. Some of them are homeless. Some of them are bums. You know, some of them are great people, but not always. There's, they come in, you know, greatness comes in all shapes and colors and sizes. It comes from nature. It comes from animals. It comes from the lessons that we learn in this human experience.
0: That is uh, really well shared, and uh, I like it. I like the fact that you mentioned that success is about a life uh, well lived and having no regrets. And uh, and it is so true that opportunities are all around us and it's so fleeting. I mean, in the sense that if you don't engage and uh, take your chance at the opportunity, uh, you know, you there is no guarantee that you might, that opportunity might come by again in your life. So it's very really important to be open to receiving and exploring and really uh, taking the risk. And greatness. I love the definition of greatness that you gave. It's about really being humble and not getting the, not getting caught up in the day to day minutiae, if you will, if uh, getting upset over silly things or letting the ego get in the way and, uh, but being humble and, and that's so beautifully shared. Uh, so great, excellent. Uh,
1: I have I have something I'd I'd like to share with you that I, ter- you know, we were talking about binge watching, and Teresa and I are are binge watching uh, one of our favorite shows right now is uh, called Madam Secretary, and it's on Netflix, and it's just great mm. with Tia Leone and the the acting is so well done. But she said something the other day, and it, uh, and I I had to rewind it and write it, you know, turn on the lights and write this down because it was like perfect but she said um a good idea is meaningless without the courage to act
0: mm. wow and i
1: thought that is so true
0: yeah it is you know? and it is about execution and uh you know the idea is a dime <laughs> a dozen but if you don't execute on it uh, there is no uh, success or no results yeah uh, it's
1: like you with this show, you know, I mean, it's, it's a great idea, but how many people are going, you know, m- maybe many other people have had the idea, but you're the guy that is doing something
0: with it. I appreciate the feedback. Thank you so much. Uh, so uh, moving on to our next segment, Jack, uh, it's the questions that uh, we get from our audiences. And the first question that I have for you is, uh, what stops people, in your opinion, that from achieving their fullest potential?
1: I think that people are afraid. You know, it, it goes back to your, your very first question, you know. Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. And, and you watch people, and they're making plans, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And all of a sudden, in doing that, it becomes overwhelming to them. They, they don't know how to just start it. And the, also perhaps if they have a family or whatever, they are saying, well, you know, I have, to, I have to feed mouths, I have to do all these things. But in doing that, they're robbing themselves of their, of their dream, of their passion. Because when we're small, when we're small children, we do have dreams that we want to pursue. Uh, but, you know, you know, it's sort of like, are you familiar with the theory of the uncarved block? Uh, and
0: yeah, uh, vaguely, but fill me in. For, uh... Well,
1: basically, the theory of the uncarved block says that when we're born, we know everything. We have all of the information within the universe within us. We are a pure uncarved block. But as we go out into our lives, that block starts to get chipped away and shaped and molded and things like that by our experiences. And so perhaps one of those experiences, you know, somebody in, in –
0: Jack, I think I lost you. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't. I was listening to the airplane. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming you're next to the airport. Yes, Uh, I am. (laughs) (laughs) So the theory of the uncarved block says that we are born with all the information in the universe within us. We are a pure uncarved block. But as we go out into life, that, that, uh, that block becomes shaped and molded uh, by virtue of of our experiences for good, bad, or indifferent, whatever, it becomes molded. And the young, a young person would, would not be afraid because they don't know any better. But as you get older, we are shaped by an experience that perhaps we don't even know where it came from. Perhaps you were in third grade and somebody said, you know, you love to sing, but somebody said, well, you're a lousy singer. Mm -hmm. And so you stopped singing and you said, well, that was one person's opinion, but you took it, in a in a different way and said, Well, I'm a lousy singer. Well, that was somebody that was perhaps jealous or whatever, but you've allowed it to impact your entire life. And so we don't really we don't really have a crystal clear view of who we are and how we've come to that point. And by making a good self assessment of those things, that's why you know the program that you and I went through was so so great because it allowed us to really look back and and be honest with ourselves about how did we get here what belief patterns do i have that have created the person that that i am now um and so i think that with that when we take an honest look at ourselves and we find uh you know we all have interests, we all have passions and things that drive us and when we go into those it's like do that thing even if it's on the side, do it. There's nothing to stop you. And you know what? If you wait five years, you're just—it's going to—you know—it's just five years later, and you've never made the effort to do the thing that really drives you. And that's becoming so much more important now than ever with the technological landscape that you know that is changing our lives irretrievably.
0: That is so great, and. Uh and it reminds me of the quote by Michelangelo, which is every block of stone has a statue inside it. And it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. And really uh, the life's experiences enable us to sculpt away things that is not essentially us and, and really uh, become the highest version of ourselves, if you will. So that's, uh, that's a good reminder. Uh, and uh, the other question I have for you, uh, is that related to that now i know you are uh i want to get into photography here and i wanted to get your views on it a little bit uh i know you work you're one of the top photographers for google and you also helped us uh during our celebrating mastery event in seattle you are our main uh, chief photographer and you did such a wonderful job that we got some amazing (laughs) feedback from the community and uh so let me ask you this about photography, that what is the art of photography in your view and what is it that uh, you look for when you're capturing those amazing images?
1: Photography to me is about visual storytelling. And it's about engaging the viewer. <clears throat> you know, I mean, art, it's, it's so many different things. I mean, it is yes, it's art and it's also science. Um, Right now I'm reading the autobiography of, of Ansel Adams, who is a you know, a great American photographer. And then also Robert Frank, who is also a very great American photographer, was a very good friend of mine. Um and i so I've had an opportunity to, to know some really, really interesting people. Um and basically what they did is uh it's Marcel Duchamp also did the same thing. It's about the found object. It's about seeing what everybody else sees, but seeing it in a different way or, or seeing a story within that. Um, so, you know, of course, light plays a huge part in that. Your composition plays a huge part in that. But what is the subject and what compels you as a viewer to look at something and really engage you at, at some kind of a deeper, more profound level. It it has told, it has given you an information that you couldn't have gotten in any other way. And so that is, uh, you know, that's kind of like the holy grail that everybody is, that anybody that's trying to that sees photography as a as a story is looking for. They're they're wanting to engage you, the viewer, at a much deeper. Uh, more cerebral level than you know because i mean everybody with an iphone these days is a photographer suddenly but the the pictures by and large are perhaps they're already perhaps you know they're manipulated or whatever but ultimately at the end of the day do they really engage you do you really want to sit there and and look into it for more than you know 30 seconds and and consider its impact on your on your being
0: No, that is uh, really awesome. Uh, And I like the fact that you mentioned about visual storytelling, and that's really a powerful medium that uh, as an artist, as a photographer, uh, that you are able to do that. And it's really amazing and inspiring. Uh, One question uh, going back, uh, this is another question that we have from one of our uh, listeners is, if you could go back in time, and talk to your twenty-year-old or your young self. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great if, question. What advice would you give him?
1: Oh my God, <laughs> that's that's a really big question. You know, I, I I guess I guess the thing that I would say is, um, you know, don't be so full of yourself and be open to what life is what life is all about because most kids are you know the world revolves around them and they don't see the bigger picture um and also the the other thing i would say is is take the opportunity of school a lot more seriously because it's an opportunity that you know it in the in the scheme of things it's really very fleeting it, at the time it seems like you know it seems like it's interminable but it's it's really not do you want me to stop while he does that does that screen you up?
0: No, that's all right. Go ahead.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Um,
1: you know, it, at the time, it seems like this is going on forever. But when you look back at your life, you know, 10 years or six years or whatever is nothing because it just passes so fast. But most kids would never see that. Um, okay. And so I would say it's, it's take advantage of the educational opportunities are in front of you because once you get out into life, they're gone. You, you you don't have that luxury anymore and you have to go out and make a living. And school is, I heard this and, and I liked it. It's like, you know, school is a, is a deferment from life. And mm-hmm. it's really, and it's really true. And that you understand why so many people become professional students or teachers, because it's like, they don't have to go out into the real world and, and, and now, you know, do something with what they've learned. So I, I think that, um, uh, it, it's taking advantage of those opportunities, not being full of yourself, you know, realize that the things that you're learning are, are foundational, that you're going to ultimately build from, but at least it gives you a platform to learn and grow from.
0: Mm. That's uh that's great advice. Uh, now moving on to our next section, Jack, this is called the uh, rapid fire round. And it's uh, really a fun section where we, uh, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and it's the first uh, response that comes to your mind. And, of course, uh, if you want to elaborate on it, feel free to do so. But, again, this is the rapid-fire round. So my first question – so are you ready, Jack? Uh, Sure. (laughs) All right, great. So my first question to you is what rock star has impressed you?
1: Uh, Eric Clapton. Oh, I love the, the the reason Clapton really impresses me because he is because he's completely dedicated to his art. He's not into it for the for the money, and you can see that he just absolutely loves what he's doing, and it carries through in his playing. I mean, the guy's a complete master, and he's trying different things all the time.
0: And then, uh, so yeah, so you're talking about Clapton and his uh, his command on the guitar and the mastery that he's dedicated to. Yep yeah
1: and i just think i just think you know him i look at the stones i mean they just they just released a new album called blue and lonesome i mean the guys are in their 70s you know and they're just totally having a ball and are total masters of what they're doing and so i really appreciate anybody that's into it for the long haul because they absolutely love what they do and they're really just you know they have there's so much joy in that you can see that in an actor so i guess you know if you were following up on your next question, which is whose brain would you pick? I would say any true masters,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: consider them masters.
0: That's great. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'd, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd seen a clip, but I'm a big fan of Clapton and also a big fan of Santana. And I uh, had a chance to watch this to perform. Uh, there was an online video, but it was such a treat to watch Santana and Eric Clapton play together. And I was like, wow. This is what mastery looks like, uh, and uh, that's that's so great that you mentioned that. Um, the question is, if you could be successful in another profession, Jack, what would you choose? Music. Hmm.
1: And if for, the, could, for, the, for the reasons I just stated, because it's just, there's clearly when you're at a certain level within that, there's just so much joy in that. I mean, there's some there's some potentially really negative aspects of it also uh, that you that are a trap of success, but there's just so much joy and liberation in music, and I just I think it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, and uh, so one question I do have for you when uh, this uh, rapid fire round section is, you know, there is a quote by Ansel Adams, and he says, "Taking an image, of freezing a moment." reveals or reveals how rich reality truly is. And for photography is a way of feeling, of touching, of loving. So my question to you is, what is the greatest work of art that you've seen or in your opinion?
1: Oh my god. That is that is a really hard question. I, I I looked at that and I thought, oh God, I don't I have no idea how to answer that. There's there's so much that I love. I mean I love the uh the American school of the of the eighteen hundreds, uh the kind of the American frontier. I love that those works, the the, the color and the nuance and the and the romance of of the of this kind of untouched wilderness, I thought was absolutely gorgeous. Um, I love the post, the French post impressionists a lot. Um, I like the Washington DC color school of the fifties and the sixties. So there's just so much, I love great photographers. I love Cartier-Bresson. I love Ansel Adams work. Um, I love Robert Frank's work, you know, anything that really Completely, again, you know, it, it completely captivates you, and it tells you this visual story in a in a very impactful way. So there's not just any one hmm. piece that I could identify at all. I, you know, I just I just love really good art.
0: Fair enough. So the next question is, if you could have witnessed one event in history, what would that be?
1: Um the the, the and I actually feel that I, you know, I was perhaps some, because I believe in reincarnation, be, I have a feeling that I was in some way involved in this, but that would be the transcendental movement of the 1850s
0: hmm.
1: in the, uh, in basically in new England, you know, Ralph Waldo and Emerson and Henry hmm. David Thoreau and all these guys. And it just seemed like such a pastoral and beautiful time and just kind of that spiritual awareness spirituality is extremely important to me so
0: that's great and the final rapid fire round question is if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard what would that be
1: love is the answer or love is the bottom line
0: i love that (laughs) that's great awesome Great. Excellent. So this is our final section. This is the wrap up section here, uh, Jack. And uh, my first question to you is, what is your uh, current uh, personal passion project that you're working on? And what are you looking forward to in the next uh, six months to a year?
1: Well, I'm doing it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I, I'm doing it and I've been doing it for five years. I'm absolutely uh, passionate about what I do. I, I absolutely love it. And, and the thing that's so curious to me about it is that it's, you know, something that I started doing when I was 10 that I loved then. And, and you, in kind of in life, you, you get away from that um, because, you know, like, again, life happens and you have kids and you have bills and you have the mortgage and you have all these things. But, but at the end of the day, it's like, what is, and and I know that my mom, when I was uh, going off to college, you know, I I did study photography, but I wanted to become a photographer at that point, and I and I allowed her, unfortunately, to really influence me, and she said, you know, you know, photographers don't make any money. Well, you know, perhaps most of them don't, but um, yeah, I allowed that to stop me from. I wanted to go and be a fashion photographer in New York and uh and i allowed that to have an influence on me which i really regret because i think that there are some real opportunities there to to rub shoulders with other people and and really you know if you're if you're working with a a working professional in that area that's the best way to learn that craft and so uh when uh you know i'm 66 now and um I allowed my and I retired for a while and then I started working again. And I, I told you why. But then this this thing came along. And it's it's just curious to me that you go through your life and you get back to the thing that you are really passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love what I do right now. And each project that I that I do, I approach it from the standpoint of I want to because my name's on it, I want to make sure that I do the absolute best job that I possibly can and I'm not thinking about it from my own personal standpoint I'm trying to think about how it serves the person that I'm doing the work for Um, so it's it's very uh, rewarding for me from that standpoint
0: Uh, excellent and uh, is there anything else that you would like to share that I may not have asked
1: no do you have any other questions <laughs>
0: <laughs> no well uh i one other question that i have for you is actually i have two uh, but one question that i do have for you is what are three things you're grateful for in life
1: wow i'm great i'm really grateful for my family i'm really grateful for for my i'm really grateful for to be here at at all you know to be in this life to have this life and i feel very blessed to have the experience with its ups and downs and everything i feel extremely blessed i feel extremely I, I mean i absolutely adore my wife you know i feel very i'm very grateful to have her in my life and my family um that includes my dog who just re i recently had to put down but i mean it's all just been absolutely wonderful for me
0: uh, it's so great. Uh, so I want to acknowledge you, Jack, for a few things. One being that you are indeed a role model for the younger generation as to how to live life without regrets and your dedication to your craft, your love of your profession and your uh, and your amazing commitment to mastery is uh, so that you are not only doing uh, an amazing job, but leaving an imprint uh, with your work on society and uh, in, in the service of others. It's such an inspiring uh, profession and your commitment is just amazing. And I just also want to thank you for just being the leader that you're in the community, being an inspiration that you're in the community. And uh, so thank you again for, uh, for taking the time actually and, uh, uh, and sharing your insights and uh, wisdom with our audience.
1: Well thank you, Cal. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. And you know, one thing that I would leave you with is you were asking me earlier about the Woodstock generation and and one of the things that I that I I realized then and I've tried to really live by my entire life is that, you know, if if we want to if we want to see change in the world, it has to become it has to start with our own actions and how we interact with those around us. Uh, just in life in general, how we how we act, and it, so it's about being very conscious of our own actions. And uh, it's very one example that I would give you is that you know if somebody has told an off-color joke as an example. And they just think it's all great. You know, well, a lot of people would just kind of go along with it. They wouldn't say anything. And, and in doing that, they're essentially giving that other person license thinking, well, this is okay. You see that all the time on the internet. And I have, I absolutely refuse to go there. I really hate sexist jokes. I really hate racist jokes. I hate anything that smacks of that, of, you know, of that kind of attitude. And so I've always been the guy that would stand up and say, you know what, I'm just not okay with that. I don't think it's funny. I think it's dehumanizing. And I think it's counterproductive to society at large. And so I think that it's really incumbent upon us to kind of stand up for our beliefs and, you know, and not be so, you know, uh, so quick to go along with the crowd. But say, look, you know, that's just not cool. It's not okay. Okay uh and you know that kind of thinking is is degenerative to 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 our own evolution so
0: yeah no thank I you for reminding us of that and sharing that that's great so one final question and this is how we wrap up our interview and uh, the question sure. is why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends
1: oh this is a great idea seriously i mean it's 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 what you were saying earlier is that, you know, we all learn from each other. We all have something to contribute. And that's what you're trying to do with this show. I mean, I really applaud you for it because it comes from the most from places that a lot of people. You're you're basically allowing people to share their stories with your audience and for for us to get a peek into somebody else's life. Because we we honestly don't know what's going on with somebody else until we really ask some probing questions. And you've created a platform that 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 provides that for people. So we we you know, we learn from each other, we grow through that experience. Um And it's just like the program that you and I went through, you know, uh, maybe 100% of what was said by other people was not, it didn't resonate. But there were parts of it that absolutely resonated with each and every one of us. And that's why it was so incredibly successful. And I think that your show is doing the exact same thing.
0: That's so great. And I so appreciate it. This has been such a fascinating and awesome conversation as I expected it to be. And again, thank you so much, Jack, for your time and candid answers. I really appreciated our time here uh, and the conversation. And for those of us who are listening, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with With Cal Aras. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, theglobalcontribution.com. To your friends and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes. This has been a 7 Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends.